Hello, and welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to hit the follow button. Also, give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy today's episode. In several past episodes, we have addressed childhood trauma. We've discussed how trauma in childhood could have effects across the lifespan, and even just in our last episode discussing relationship attachment styles, we shared that those styles are formed because of our childhood experiences. We may recognize that as adults, we have trauma responses such as not asking for help, being avoidant, feeling like a burden to others, or constantly saying, I'm fine, even when you're not. And these are just a few of the ways that childhood experiences can manifest into responses in adulthood that don't always serve us. So today we're going to discuss some tools for how we can begin the work towards healing our inner child. So what is our inner child? The term and concept for our inner child was coined by Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung. It's defined as the impressionable and vulnerable part of ourselves that's wounded and shaped throughout the earliest experiences and stages of our lives. It's the place in our mind where we hold on to repressed memories and feelings that may surface every now and then. It's not always just traumatic experiences either. Some of the experiences we may hold on to can look like being rejected by playmates, social embarrassment, or being reprimanded by a teacher or parent. There are so many moments we may hold on to that can dictate how we react or behave in adulthood. Many adults attempt to bury these memories or not address them. But the fact is, avoiding this healing can lead us to be passive-aggressive, withdrawn, or have fears around abandonment or being ourselves. Healing our inner child is critical for our overall growth and well-being. Absolutely. And I think for a lot of people... The things that happen to us as kids, we'd prefer just to block out or never think of again. Um, But I know that firsthand for me, that does not work. Uh, Even with like little moments and memories of being embarrassed as a kid, like I still remember those so clearly, regardless of how many times I have Mm -hmm. literally cringed and been like, let me block this out forever. Um, (laughs) Just no matter what, trying to fight those moments back, they just have a way of resurfacing. And there's a quote by Thich Nhat Hanh in his book, which is also linked below, called Reconciliation, Healing the Inner Child. And the quote is, running away from our suffering doesn't end it, it prolongs it. And like, oof, hmm. there's a lot of truth in that. Darn it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Man. <laughs> right? It's like, we wish we could just forget about it and move on. But unfortunately, that's just not the way that healing uh, really works or really plays out for, for most of us. So today, uh, we're first going to discuss how to reconnect with our inner child, and then we're going to get into some practices for beginning the healing process. The first steps towards addressing and reconnecting with your inner child is a process called reparenting. And I know this concept was confusing for me when I first learned about it. So hopefully we do a good job here today of explaining it. And maybe it'll even help me talking about it will help me understand it a little bit more thoroughly because it it seems a little backwards when you first hear it Mm -hmm. of like, how, how am I supposed to go back and parent myself when I'm an adult now? Right. So by reparenting, you are ensuring that your inner child feels safety, love, and value that you may have lacked during your childhood. 
Although it can be tough to bring up unpleasant moments you have experienced, working with your inner child in this way can allow you to reframe your experiences and introduce new approaches and responses to the triggers or behavior that come out of them. Over time, you will be able to recognize where these triggers come from and have a better understanding of how to deal with them in a healthy manner. This all sounds great, right? So how do we do it? Mm -hmm. The first exercise for the reparenting process is to encourage a dialogue with your inner child through writing. So you can write letters to your childhood self from you now as an adult. In these letters, you can address the impactful moments that have shaped you, what you know now to have shaped your life. Give yourself space to address your childhood self head on. Nobody else has to read these if you don't want them to. Get real with yourself. And provide the support, validation, or any missing piece that you needed in those difficult moments. If you went back to that childhood experience and you think about what really would have changed that moment, go back and write to yourself what would address that and how. You can also write a letter as your childhood self speaking to you as an adult. In these letters, address the adults around you that shaped who you are, whether that is in a good way or a bad way. Share out the moments that affected you in childhood and make sure to tell your inner child's side of the story. I know we've talked about having a, an identified safe adult here on the podcast before, mm-hmm. and this just really brings that home of how influential positive adults can be in childhood yeah. because you might be able to go back and either identify those people or think of what would a safe adult have looked like. So just a little plug there to remember to be a safe adult for kids today. (laughs) Remember, these letters are for you only. When writing them, make sure to be vulnerable and completely honest. Doing this with a therapist is a great idea, although you don't have to share the content of your letters with them. But it is great to have support if these letters bring up a lot of tough memories or feelings for you, which is very probable because you're bringing up things that were hard. And so you might need that extra assistance to be able to think about those again. Absolutely. And I think just a good thing to keep in mind right off the bat is that, of course, um, especially, you know, if there's been a lot of difficulties in your childhood, yes, writing those letters and doing that um, can bring up a lot. So whatever means you have to take care of yourself during that time, again, whether that's doing that with a therapist or any kind of form of self-care, whatever it is, um, just kind of good to plan that and keep that in mind. And to expand on that, you really want your childhood self to feel seen and heard. And if there's moments where, you know, you carried shame away from them, Remind yourself that you don't have to burden yourself with that shame any longer. Have a very honest discussion with your inner child as to how you've been taking steps to heal and discuss how you can improve the healing process for the both of you and what additional steps you can take as well. So moving on, the next exercise is communicating aloud with your inner child. And you can do this by simply having an audible conversation with yourself uh, or even sitting in front of a mirror, speaking directly to yourself. And of course, doing these things alone is important, Um, not only so you can speak very freely and honestly, but also I get how you might think like, I don't want 
anyone to see me just talking to myself aloud. So yeah, you, you could do this um, in the car if you're driving by yourself. You could do this even kind of, you know, quieter in the shower, right? If there's other people in the home, just carve out that space and time for yourself. Um, but I also think too, like a lot of the time for me, things become very real when I speak them out loud. Like I can think about them all day and process them in my mind, but the moment I say it aloud, there's something really powerful in doing that. So I think that's why this exercise is really good. Um, Cause again, we might have a lot of these thoughts or feelings, but to really speak them out is kind of just taking that process to the next level. So set up that space and time ask yourself questions and respond honestly. Don't hold back with how you're feeling or the things that you are thinking about or want to talk with yourself about. Tell yourself the things that you needed to hear as a child and maybe didn't. And this is really about soothing and healing. It's not about casting judgment or shame. It's really facing difficult moments head on and providing yourself the love and support you need to move through it. And lastly, you could actually also do this through meditation. Um, any one of our avid listeners knows that we are very big on breath work and meditation on this podcast. So I think this is another great tool. Um, so yeah, doing that through meditation, if that's a more comfortable avenue for you. And spoiler alert, we're actually going to lead an inner child healing meditation at the end of this episode. So you can follow along with that. But we're also going to have some guided meditations specifically for this work linked down below as well. So you can check those out. The last exercise of reparenting is play or to use artistic and creative expression. I was actually listening to a webinar recently, and it was a male survivor of domestic violence that was mm -hmm. in his home as he was growing up. And he was talking about how now he has his own kids and he realized that playing with their toys brought him so much joy. Aww. Because he had some of his childhood like taken from him when he was experiencing domestic violence. Right. And so now for his birthday and for Christmas, he literally asks for like some, I forget which toy it was. It was Aww. a certain brand. I don't know if it was Star Wars or what. And that brings him more joy than any adult thing could because he feels like he didn't get that stage. He had right. to skip that. He had to grow up too quickly. And so he went back to that. Well, good for him. So just a, a real application of this using play or artistic and creative expression. I love that. So some ideas of how to do this, think about what creative things you enjoyed as a child and take time to engage in those activities. If it was something that brought you joy or made you feel calm back then, that might work now too. Yeah. Engage in activities that made you feel inspired or got you into that flow state where you were only focused on what you were doing. I think we've talked about that in our self-care episodes too. Is yes. That's one of the best forms of self-care is doing something that you absolutely get lost in. Lose track of time and just get so focused like nothing else matters. No other stress comes up or thoughts come up. Yeah, that's a great one. Encourage yourself to play. So maybe pull out a board game you used to enjoy. My favorite is Yahtzee. I get into Yahtzee. It's competitive. <laughs> I also love that yes. game as well. <laughs> Go mini golfing or an activity like exploring the woods outside. Just allow yourself to be playful, curious, and joyous. 
and just in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's okay if these activities feel silly and childish to you. Just be present and allow fun into your process of reconnecting. Like that guy was speaking about, you know, he wanted toys for Christmas and that's not something that makes him an immature adult. That's something that makes him just healing his inner child and that's okay. That's more than okay. Yeah, we love that for him. Um, Yes. And I think that's something like we just don't take a lot of time to do that as adults, like many of us, right? I think, you know, we get very caught up in work and life and relationships. And, you know, as adults, it's just like this idea that we don't do things like that. Like we don't play around, you know, we're very serious. We have things to do and bills to pay. And the moment we actually stop and slow down and allow ourselves to do that, like, it's just there's an endless amount of joy in doing things like that that speak to you, right? And so I love that whole piece, um, you know, just making sure we carve out time to do that. Yes, my toddler right now, she does this really cute thing where she says, come on, come on, and she Aww. pats the spot next to her. <laughs> and there was this one time she was doing it to ask me to, like, get into the bath with her. And there's some nights that I'm parenting alone. And so it's like, okay, that's like a lot to do you know like that's just too many steps and I would have to like leave the room for a second and like Mm -hmm. no it's too much and I had said no and she just kept her little 19 month old voice she said come on mom come on and I was like could you say no to that so I made it happen even (laughs) though it was wildly inconvenient for me and as soon as I got in, she said, hi, and gave me this big hug. And it brought me so much joy. So it's those little moments where it's like, no, no, you know, I, I can't do that right now. Like, mm, you might be able to do that right now. <laughs> right. And it's like, you don't even know, like, how much fun you could have or how much, like, happiness those things bring you unless you kind of dive in, right? Like, just like that guy and, you know, playing with his kids' toys. It's like, you would have, he would have not known that if he hadn't started to kind of just pick those things up and play with them right or utilize them so i love that and your daughter's so cute by the way listeners out there Bree's daughter is adorable just had to say that <laughs> had to make that publicly known yeah <laughs> you're like maybe i'm biased but she is perfect uh yeah i love love all of that and so reparenting is great for building that connection to the inner child. I think that's such crucial kind of first steps to take in this process. And there's definitely a lot of healing alone that comes out of that reconnection piece. Uh, But we're gonna switch gears a little bit and we're gonna start to share some tips for starting the whole healing journey and that whole process. So one thing you can do is give yourself a hug every day. So if you've been through trauma, regardless if you speak about it or not, Our body remembers and stores trauma. So soothing physical touch can be restorative. It can be comforting to that traumatized inner child. So you can either just give yourself like a big wraparound hug or the butterfly hug. And this is a technique I just learned about um, doing this research and looking into this. The butterfly hug is a technique for processing trauma and self-soothing that's actually used in EMDR therapy. So how you do this, and listeners out there, and Brie, if you want to follow along, you're more than welcome to, Um, but to give yourself a butterfly hug, you cross your hands over your chest. This is how they do EMDR on Zoom, particularly, because other forms are difficult to do. Yeah, personally, this is how I do EMDR with my therapist. Interesting. So you're already like a rock star. You know everything about the butterfly hug. I love it. You're (laughs) well-versed. 
So cross your hands over your chest and then you're going to link your thumbs together to form the little butterfly body there. Position your fingertips just below your collarbones and you're going to tap your chest by alternating the movement of your hands. So tapping with your left hand, then your right hand. And you're just going to continually do this. You can, I think, do the speed however you want it to be. Um, but while you're doing this, just breathe deeply, observe your feelings and thoughts, and allow yourself to do this without judgment. And I can say um, I am not in EMDR therapy. So again, that was the first time I heard about it. And when I was reading about it, I immediately was like, let me put this into practice. So I like tested it out. There's something so soothing about doing that. I don't know if it's like the rhythmic nature of, you know, tapping. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I, I just got like this sense of relaxation from it. So again, I really encourage listeners out there to try it. It's it's a nice little tool for the toolkit for sure. Yeah, I only did one or two sessions of EMDR in person before mm-hmm. COVID happened. And then I, I did the rest over Zoom. And so I believe in person, they have you like follow a finger because the whole Mm. point is to connect the two hemispheres of your brain. And so that bilateral tapping that you do on your chest, or I've done it more over like on my shoulders Mm. um, in my sessions, but it makes you physically connect those two hemispheres. You're engaging both sides of your body. And so that tells your brain to make those connections across brain waves to better store those memories. That is really cool. And I am thrilled that you were able to kind of expand on that and kind of tell us like the deeper science behind that. I was like, I know there's something really powerful in this, but I wasn't sure what. So yeah, thank you for that. Because I think that's, yeah. Uh, a really cool thing to to know about and be able to practice. Absolutely. And speaking of things that I enjoy doing for my own mental health, our next tip is yoga and mindfulness. If anyone has seen my TEDx talk, I say that yoga saved my life because it did. It taught me how to stop having panic attacks when I wasn't yet in therapy to teach me how to do that. Yoga is a great way to connect your mind and body through movement and breath work. There is specific trauma-informed yoga practices as well, where the instructors allow different options to ensure everyone feels safe. Like Lisa mentioned, trauma is stored in our bodies. The movements and yoga allow us to reconnect with ourselves and feel safe and strong in our bodies. And I know that's really what happens for me is you can connect that breath. You can feel where in your body you need to send that breath and you Mm -hmm. send it there and you just are able to connect with yourself so much more efficiently. Making time for meditation or breathing exercises can be very helpful. Breath work can help bring us back to the present moment when we are feeling triggered or overwhelmed and meditation is a wonderful technique to ground ourselves and be present while being in control. I think that's part of why we really wanted to make meditation time be at the end of each podcast episode because we know that we're talking about heavy things and if we just talk about heavy things and then we go on with the rest of our day like we didn't just talk about heavy things right then that's like what you mentioned earlier about it's not addressing it it's just prolonging it yeah and so i hope for the listeners that makes you feel like we are 
addressing it mm-hmm. of, as far as the content that we present, that we take that time with you to meditate and really settle that into our bodies efficiently. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love the most about that is, you know, both yoga and meditation, they're free. I mean, of course, you can go to a yoga studio and pay and and go to classes. I mean, but now there's like the magical power of YouTube and the internet. And there's so many, um, you know, like guided yoga sessions that you can do at home in the comfort of your own living room, right? You don't need equipment. Um, If you have a mat, great. If you don't, no biggie. And so those things are just really wonderful because of the accessibility of them. And that's why I really like them. Um, But like you said, too, right, like that control that we feel and feeling our breath and connecting it to our bodies. It's just really great practice. I think for anyone that's, you know, been through hard times or been through trauma, I think it's a wonderful thing. If you have not tried it, we encourage you to whatever way is comfortable for you. Check it out. So next on the list, we have picturing happy childhood moments. Uh, Another kind of free and easy one to do. So many of us can recall at least a few happy moments from our childhood where we felt secure. Maybe it was playing by ourselves or when a parent taught us how to ride a bike or that secret little hideaway you had in the backyard, whatever it is. Think of these memories and allow yourself to really tap into the happiness, the peace, and the security that you felt during these times. So if you're someone that cannot recall a happy or peaceful childhood moments, um, and I get it, there's a lot of people out there that might feel like they fall into this category instead of the first, um, then you can envision one, right? Like think about an experience that you would have loved as a child. Imagine you and your childhood self doing that activity together and enjoying each feeling of going through that in your mind step by step. Um, and our mind is a very powerful thing. So, you know, I think on this one, like, don't don't quite dismiss this, right? I think this is a really good practice, especially for that, that healing journey. Um, tap into those good memories. It's also important to engage in activities that release oxytocin, which is our happy chemical. Some things that create happiness are usually personal to us, people are going to have a different list of what works for them. But some ideas for what this can look like can be treating yourself to your favorite form of self care, which can be a bath, maybe a long hot shower, a skincare routine, getting a massage, whatever works for you. Also connect with your support system and people that bring you joy. Get lost in conversation, laughter and happy stories with the people closest to you. Sometimes this one can be initially difficult to start Mm -hmm. because maybe you're not feeling so great. And when you're not feeling so great, you're maybe not wanting to be around other people uh, mentally, not so great, not physically so great, because if you're physically sick, then stay home. But (laughs) if you're if you're mentally not feeling great and you don't want to, it just feels hard to connect with other people. I know anytime I'm feeling that way and I just push myself and I do go have those connections with other people, I never regret it. I'm always so happy that I did that. I come home feeling so much more fulfilled, but somehow I forget that the next time those feelings come up. So this is a verbal Mm -hmm. reminder for myself as well. (laughs) There's actually something I'm trying to get out of going to tonight, which I should probably just go to because I'll feel better afterwards. Another tip for this would be to pet animals or be around them. 
Lisa, I'm shocked you didn't give this one to yourself because <laughs> you are like the number one dog lover, mm-hmm. must pet this puppy that walks past me person. Oh, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to jump in and say this is my personal favorite. <laughs> There is a reason that support animals exist. That's because we understand that connecting with an animal can be deeply therapeutic. Even if you don't have a support animal or a pet, you can take an opportunity to be around the pet of a friend or a loved one, going outside and observing animals in nature, go to a petting zoo. All of these activities can promote healing. Equine therapy is also a very powerful form of trauma therapy that helps you feel a deep connection and sense of control and also allows the oxytocin boost from spending time with the horses. We actually had a program uh, through a a partnership with a local organization here, and I know Lisa participated Mm -hmm. in that with us. I think the coolest concept about that program was that you have to be calm and you have to get yourself in a good mental space around the horses because they not only can feel that from you, but if you're stressed, they can reciprocate that. And nobody wants to be around a stressed horse. That's unpredictable. (laughs) So I think that's why it's so effective and why it's such a cool form of therapy because you really choose how that experience goes and you get that direct feedback from the horse on how that's going and what they are picking up from you. Absolutely. I loved that program. Um, And I had like limited involvement in it, but still it was such a joy for me to be there every time because I mean, you really saw the way that impacted the kids that we took there. For them, it was so empowering, right? To think about a lot of them had not like been around horses before and here they are and now they're leading, you know, this huge animal behind them and getting it to do turns with them and all these different things and, you know, getting to ride the horse. Like it was just for them, I could tell, you know, it it just lit up a lot of them, right? Like emotionally and just, I think, made them feel really good about themselves and, Yeah, um, but I'm all about the power of how animals can be very healing because they are. Um, (laughs) My animals get loved on probably more often than they'd like to be because sometimes I just like (laughs) I just need them. You know, I love them so much. So, yeah, that's definitely, I think, a big one, especially for me personally. Um, I mean, being around a puppy, how is I'm not going to give you that oxytocin boost? You know, it's a that's Mm -hmm. a home run. But another technique is reframing our thoughts and being more self-compassionate. And we've talked about this. We actually have a whole episode on self-compassion. But Dr. Kristen Neff has been a leading researcher on the topic of self-compassion and kindness. And studies have shown that being kinder to ourselves reduces anxiety and depression. Wounds that we have from our childhood could sound like being told negative and damaging things such as, you know, we're not good enough. Uh, or maybe not hearing that a parent or caregiver was proud of us and being told that. So we may take these negative constructs into adulthood and then reiterate them to ourselves by saying, yeah, I'm not good enough or I'm not deserving. So allowing yourself to recognize these negatives and reframe them is a huge step in helping us change our thought process and our inner dialogue. So simple reframes, right? Like if you know your go-to is I'm not good enough, then go to I am deserving. Be aware of our negative inner dialogue and make the effort 
to reframe these unhelpful statements. And that could be a really big step in healing that hurt that our inner child has faced. Um, and I also jump into, I think we mentioned this during our self-compassion episode, like it sounds a lot easier said than done to just like, oh, think about it a different way or say it a different way. But over time, if we do first off, like really identify these negative things that we say to ourselves, and really spend time and be very cognizant and very aware of when that comes up, like making the effort to change and reframe that over time, like that is really powerful for our brains to do. And it becomes a lot easier over time. So if you thought like, oh, that's pretty cheesy, or again, like much easier said than done, really encourage you to give it a try because yeah, it's a very, very powerful practice. Speaking of the work by Dr. Kristen Neff, I was just listening to a Brene Brown podcast episode because that's the only thing I do in my spare time these days. And I have, I absolutely love it. (laughs) She's the best. (gasps) Yeah. Actually, Lisa, you introduced me to her work. So truly, I I owe you everything that I am. Anyway, (laughs) in her self-compassion work, Brene was talking about one of the most important points that they found from a lot of the studies that they did was that guilt and shame is most effective at impacting you mm-hmm. when you believe that you are going through it alone. Right. And I think with us talking about all these subjects on the podcast and just our movement in general existing and talking about violence and talking about healing your inner child, the fact that we might not have great experiences from our childhoods, just talking about that and bringing it up, you will find out that you're not the only one who had that experience and that other people are going through this also. And you can chip away at that any guilt or shame that's there and begin to chip away at what happened in your childhood that is currently affecting you. I know we've talked about therapy throughout this podcast so far, but our last tip here is engaging in formal therapy. So speaking to a licensed therapist or psychologist can be so beneficial when you're going through the process of healing your inner child. Obviously, a lot of memories and feelings can arise from doing this work and having someone there to help guide you through the process and implementing coping skills when needed can make this inner work feel a lot less overwhelming. They can really help you navigate that process. There are several forms of trauma therapy that exist. We do have a full episode about mindfulness and trauma therapy that we did with Marta, a wonderful Mm -hmm. trauma therapist in our office here at Live Violence Free. So if you're curious to know more about the different trauma therapy options out there, I suggest you go back and give that episode a listen. We will have that episode mentioned in the description as well, so you can find it easier in our episode library. Yeah, and I just want to mention also, this is really about finding what works for you and finding what is available to you as well. Uh, Because we understand that not everyone will have, you know, maybe the access to some of these things or the resources to participate in them where they're at, Um, you know, especially therapy that could be maybe costly for some or just, you know, with the location of it it might be a challenge to get yourself there, whatever it is. But just take the time to figure out what speaks to you. 
And for a lot of these things, there's ways to enjoy them, like I said earlier, with limited time and resources, right? There are things online we can look at for free for yoga, for breath work. Um, you know, there's journal prompts, kind of going back to the beginning in the reparenting piece, you know, like starting those letters to yourself or doing that journaling. You can even find journal prompts online that are already made. You can go through them, find something that speaks to you. So you don't have to like reinvent the wheel. So yeah, just do what works for you. There's a lot of resources and tools out there. And we encourage you to, yeah, just start this this journey for yourself. But I think right now, it's a great time to segue into another great resource we already mentioned, which is meditation. So today, Brie is going to lead us in our inner child healing meditation. All right, so get yourself into that comfortable position. I always recommend having feet firmly on the ground so you can feel grounded in that. And just begin to relax. Become aware of your breath. And you can either look down or close your eyes. Observe yourself in this moment. Your connection with the chair or whatever you're sitting on. The clothes on your body. Anything else touching you. For now, there is nowhere you need to be and nothing you need to do. Just be here now. Keep this time to yourself. Feel the air being drawn in with your inhale and the warm air of your exhale. Feel your body here warm and relaxed. Now imagine yourself as a child, any age, just observe for a few seconds. Look at your hair, your body, your eyes. Notice your position, your attitude, expressions, Just take it all in, this vision of your inner child. What sounds do you hear? What scent is around you? What is your demeanor? Imagine now your childhood self is holding on to a dark bubble. And this dark bubble is filled with all of the fear, pain, and sadness that you experienced. This incredible child before you created stories about each one of those memories or emotions. Maybe you created a story called, I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy, or I can't trust others. You're not wrong for doing this. It's what all of us do. But there are stories you created that are not allowing you to live as vibrantly as you would like. So take a deep cleansing breath in. And as you exhale, release the heaviness of these stories. And then reach out to this child and embrace them in your arms. 
and watch as that dark bubble diminishes little by little. Now take a step back. Observe them again. Imagine a light that represents the happiness, joy, and dreams you had. Maybe you're experiencing these moments through flashes, feelings, or memories. Notice how your inner child smiles thinking about these things too. As you breathe, enjoy these moments together with your inner child. Recognize that your smiling inner child is still with you. Recognize that you are both capable of healing, experiencing joy, and creating new memories. Hug your inner child again, and while you do, take a deep breath in. And exhale as you release the hug. Spend another few breaths here, just enjoying this inner peace. This could be a good time for the butterfly hug that we referenced earlier. Take a few more deep breaths here. When you're ready, you can go ahead and relax, return to normal breathing and come back into the room. I'm so thankful that you were here with us to have this conversation You know, this is something that I'm still working on. Sometimes you don't know when a trigger comes up and what that even means. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You feel like it was something from childhood, but what happened and how do I address it? Yeah. So hopefully our tips today can help you begin that process. Absolutely. And thank you for that meditation. That I think was one of my favorites that we've done so far in the podcast i honestly too as soon as you said do the butterfly hug with it that like leveled up a whole new level of relaxation so (laughs) i saw you do that and i was like oh she's following along yeah i was i was deep in it um but honestly i might do that with like every meditation now that's just yeah that's a good again a good level up right there um but my last thoughts here are that regardless of what childhoods looked like I think we can all benefit from doing some inner child healing work. Um, You know, I really like the quote that we have to feel it to heal it. And that can be really tough sometimes, you know, if we've experienced a lot of things that may be, you know, traumatic or just have had a profound impact on us. But ultimately, like, we deserve healing. We deserve growth and we deserve self-empowerment. So, again, while it's challenging, it's just something I think so necessary for all of us to have that moment of self-empowerment and have ourselves grow in those ways that maybe we haven't been able to, right, until this journey starts. So just take whatever steps feel best for you. Take the journey to inner child healing at your own pace and 
find what works, but we just encourage you to start on that journey. We have so many resources linked below for anyone who is embarking on this journey or has already started the process. So definitely look below for books, videos, um, and articles for more insights. We'll also have that episode link that we talked about. And Brie, after you mentioned your TED Talk, I would love to mention that down in the description as well. So if anyone wants to go watch Bree's TED Talk, and she's an absolute rock star and did a really powerful, incredible TED Talk, we encourage you to check that out as well. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, big thank you right back to you for my co-host for being awesome, being part of this today. Thanks to all the listeners out there. And we hope you will join us for our next conversation.